turn our Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and we will be going to verse 10, uh, begin our reading tonight, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And he says in verse 14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And that's where we'll stop our reading tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you once again for the time to be in your house. We're thankful for your word. God, I know that in me is no good thing. Lord, I'm just a messenger of your word. Lord, I pray that you would use me this evening, that you'd speak through me, give me the words that need to be said. Lord, please forgive my sins, anything that would hinder me from being used by you tonight. God, I pray that you'd help me to speak truth, that those truths would be registered in our hearts. And Lord, I know that your spirit is able to do amazing things. He's able to take one message and form it to the lives of every person here. And I pray that you'll do that tonight. Lord, help us bring application through this, strengthen our hearts, and prepare us for the battle that we ensue each day. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about spiritual warfare, and we've just kind of made our way on down from verses 10 all the way down to 13, where uh, we've been talking about, uh, over the last couple of weeks, just the spiritual battle that we are in. And just as a reminder tonight, very briefly, remember uh, that the issues that you're coming about each day, the, the things that are happening in your life every single day, uh, every single one of those things, regardless of what they look like or what they sound like, uh, they all have a spiritual root. And so we even talked about last week that uh, the issues that we're dealing with, everything that happens in our world or in our lives, uh, they all can be traced back to a spiritual root. And, you know, many of those things can be traced back to God and just His work in our life and what He's doing and what He's bringing into our life for our good or our encouragement or our strengthening or whatever it may be. But also remember that we do have a spiritual enemy who is Satan, and he is in control of principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, and he is working to do all that he can to discourage you and destroy you, uh, to bring destruction in your life. And if he can get you to turn away from God, he'll do anything that he can to do so. And uh, so he's going to wreak havoc in your life. But I'll tell you, more than a self-centered approach to looking at this, it's also understanding that God wants to use each and every one of his people to be witnesses of him, to bring the gospel uh, to him, to do his work on this earth. And if he can keep you, if he can prevent you from reaching someone else, then he's going to do all that he can uh, to do that. So you may ask the question, well, what have I done to deserve all this? Or, or why, uh, why me and, and all these other things? But maybe it's not a why you. Maybe it's a 
Satan's trying to keep you from getting to someone else. He's trying to prevent God's work in someone else's life. And uh, he'll do whatever he can, of course, to complete his agenda. Uh, There are no rules with him. He fights dirty. He he will use anything in your life against you that he can. And so we just have to keep this in mind. And so knowing that we are in this spiritual battle, we have to understand, first of all, that we are not strong enough to take on Satan ourselves. Okay, we can't get out of this. Can't get away from this. We're in it, and we're not strong enough to face Satan ourselves. And so that's why the Bible tells us that, number one, as we've been looking at, we have to stand in His strength and in His might. And second of all, we have to stand in His armor, which you know brings us into our message tonight. And that's what we're going to be looking at uh, over the next several weeks. We are going to look at these pieces of armor one by one. And tonight, the piece of armor that we're looking at is the belt of truth. And so he says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil and that you might be able to stand in the evil day. And the evil day, by the way, the, the best understanding that I can get on that, the evil day is when Satan unleashes everything in your life to destroy you. Now, we all have good days, and you can look back, and, and you, can, you can find times when all this stuff wasn't happening in your life, when things seem to be peaceful. And we have seasons of peace, and we have seasons of war, and uh, some of us right now might be in a season where everything's just kind of going okay, and, you know, I mean, nothing's just really too bad. And some of us might just be in the thick of it right now. And it doesn't look like there's ever, there ever any end to what's going on. But I want you to know that, um, you know, even in those times, regardless of what season you're in, when those times come, you can stand in the armor of God. And so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. The first piece of armor that we're going to look at as well, <coughs> or excuse me again, is the belt of truth. Now, just as a reminder, uh, again, uh, there are six pieces of armor of God. Three of those, if you remember, are pieces that we are to be wearing at all times. The second three, we are to take up on an as-needed basis. And so he says to put on uh, on the first three, and then he says to take up on the last three. And so the first one that we are to be wearing at all times is that belt of truth. And so I want us to look, just look at three things tonight. First of all, I want us to consider what truth is just for a moment. What is truth? And I think this is something that many people wrestle with and have wrestled with for a long time. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Even he had a little difficulty understanding what truth really was. We have to understand that there were many uh, philosophies even going on in, on in those days where uh, truth was you know, not reliable. Nobody really knew what truth was. And so let me say, first of all, that truth is under attack. And this really is no surprise. It shouldn't come as any surprise to us because the truth has always been under attack. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Now, God declared a truth in the Garden. Do you remember what it was? He declared a truth in the Garden. He said, eat from the tree in the midst of the Garden and you shall surely die. Now, that's truth. He gave them a truth. If you eat, you die. That's the truth. Satan and man challenged that truth. Satan said, you shall not surely die. But God knows that the day you eat thereof, that you'll be like him, knowing the difference between good and evil. Now, you know, the thing about a lie is that the most believable lies are the ones that sound most like the truth. Correct? 
I mean, if a lie is just so outrageous that no one will believe it, it wouldn't be worth telling. But the best lies are the ones that sound the most like the truth. And really what Satan did is he took several pieces of the truth, formed them in a question of doubt, and, you know, planted that seed of doubt in Eve's mind. And, you know, began, she began to even wonder if God had been telling her the truth. And so Satan challenged that. But then she challenged it, and Adam challenged it as well. When they took the fruit that God said, if you eat of it, you'll die, they took it and they ate it anyway. What were they saying? They were saying, let's see if God is telling the truth. Now here's what we know about the Bible. Here's what we even know about that story. Is that truth did not change, nor was it altered by what Satan said or how Eve felt. Now Satan said it wasn't true. Eve eventually felt that it, that it might not be true. But what happened when they took the fruit and they ate thereof? They died. Spiritually, they died. It says that they knew that they were naked. They began knowing the difference between good and evil. And I believe there's a lot of symbolism there between them understanding their, their own nakedness uh, is their, the fact that they were not covered under God's grace, under God's redemption, that, that they were exposed and, uh, and God knew exactly where they were and knew exactly what they had done. And the only way for them to get in right with God again was, of course, for Him to make a way of redemption, a way of covering for them. And He symbolically did that when He went and killed the first sacrifice, placing the skin of that animal over their own, uh, their own nakedness, over their own bodies. And, of course, taking the blood of that animal, I'm sure, and making atonement for their spiritual sins as well. Uh, There's a lot of parallelism that goes in there. But you see, the truth was not changed by, again, what Satan said or how Eve felt about the truth. The truth remained the same. And I want you to know that the truth is still being attacked today. Truth is not what you think is true, what you feel is true, or what you want to be true. Truth is what God says on a matter. Because truth is from God and because God does not change, what does that say about truth then? Truth does not change. It is absolute. It remains constant. You know, our kids hate math. And don't look down on them for that genetical thing. There are many times that they'll get a problem wrong And they have to go back and correct that problem in math. And as much as they might think, feel, or want their answer to be right, guess what? They're wrong. Now that's almost unacceptable in our society today. I'm I'm very surprised that we haven't even made some loopholes for math where 1 plus 1 could equal 3 or anything except 2. Because there doesn't seem to be any way that you can call out something as being right or something as being wrong. Truth is just uh, looked at in so many different ways today. But you know, the the truth of the matter is, is that one plus one will always equal two. And if any other answer comes comes about, it is wrong. And uh, I hope that they didn't get one plus one wrong. But uh, there are many of the problems in math, you know, every day when they go back and check, there'll be some of those that are wrong. And as much as they want to believe they're right... 
They can, they can hold a session and say, I disagree with that. This is right because I feel that it's right. In my mind or in my world or in my understanding or in my feelings, this should be right. And uh, they can call both of us in there and just have a big, you know, uh, we can have a, a big deal about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, when the math comes together, right is right, wrong is wrong. Right. Truth is truth. And anything that's not that is a lie. See, what was true yesterday is still true today. What was a sin then is still a sin now. And what makes it a sin is not what I feel about it, not what I think about it, but what God says about it. It'll be true tomorrow as well. Why? Because it's absolute. It's truth. Now listen, if we need truth, and evidently if, if part of the essential armor of God that we must wear is truth, then it's something that we need. If we need truth, and if truth comes from God, then our greatest source of truth is found in God's revelation of truth, which is the Bible. And listen, if you want victory in spiritual warfare, then one of the most important things for you to settle in your mind is that God's word is truth. Now, I've had the opportunity to talk to many, many people over the years about the Bible. And I've asked several of them what they think about the Bible because, you know, if you're witnessing to someone or you're trying, they're asking you questions about God, that's often where I'll start. I'll ask them a question. Do you think the Bible is true? And, you know, the first couple times I asked that question, I was kind of just half expecting them to say, yes, I believe all of it's true because that would have made things a whole lot easier. Because, you see, if they don't believe that every word in here is true, it's going to be very hard to make any headway with them when you try to talk to them from God's Word. And so I've gotten all kinds of answers like, well, I believe some of it's true. I believe most of it's true. I believe that that there are parts in there that are true. You know, and then, of course, I've heard people say that, yes, I believe it's all true. Now, those are the people I can work with. But until you believe that this is truth, from page one to, to the end of it, Genesis to Revelation, unless you believe that this, this is the whole, entire, complete, true Word of God, you're going to go round and round and round and round in this battle with Satan. Amen. And I want to tell you, if you've got any doubts about that, he's already got a hold in your life. He's already somehow has cast some doubt on God or on His Word or on His truth. And, and, uh, and so to, to save yourself a lot of time, a lot of heartache, if you would just accept by faith that this Word is true, it'll take care of a lot of issues. Listen, I want you to know that it's not just some of this Bible that's true, not just part, not just most. All of this is true. And I know that many of this, much of this is elementary to you, and I understand that. But unless we have this, there is no using the belt of truth for us unless we know what truth is and we know where truth comes from. And so we have to establish that. We must establish it. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, how much? All. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. 
All of it. You know, I have to talk about the importance of setting time aside each day to spend with God. And I saw that I put the calendars out for this coming um, month, and I saw all those were gone. I didn't know how many actually would come back for that, but I was very, uh, I was glad to see that all those calendars were gone. And by the way, if you want one, uh, one of those planner reading plans, go ahead and let me know, uh, and I'll print some more of those off. But, you know, I talk about the importance of spending time with, uh, with God every day. And listen, that time can be spent doing all kinds of stuff. Please understand that. The important thing is, is not always just what you do, but it's the fact that you're setting time aside to spend with God. You can spend that time singing to God. You can spend that time praying to God. You can spend that time, if you're an artist and you enjoy, I'm not an artist, that I don't know how, how happy God would be with what I drew, but if you're an artist and that's the talent that God has given you and, and you want to draw for God and, and uh, offer those up to Him, you know, I, any of those things I think is acceptable. Even if you just want to sit there and just, just block that time off for God, you don't have to say a word. Just sit there in the quiet with God. I think that's important. But you know, the reason it is so important to make sure that at least some of that time is spent in God's Word is because God's Word is where we find truth. Yeah, I enjoy learning more about God's Word. I, I love studying it. I, I like finding things that are new and fresh to me. I don't ever try to find something new from God's Word. But I, I like trying to find things that are new to me from God's Word. And uh, you know, I, I love digging in. I love getting as deep as I can into it. Yet one of the most important reasons for me to study God's Word is not just to know facts, but to know truth. Because without truth, I have set myself up for Satan's attacks. Now this morning, in the reading that I did in Psalm Psalm 28, if you will just uh, hold your mark there and we'll go to Psalm 28 just for a second. This is a Psalm of David. And he says in Psalm 28, if you're not there, say not yet. All right, wait a few more minutes. Psalm 28, verse 1. And this is just from today. I just pulled this, you know, out of today and um, in our reading today. Nothing really special that I was, you know, trying to bring up just, just, just today's reading. Psalm 28, verse 1. David said, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. He says, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy tabernacle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands, render to them their desert." Because they have, they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of His hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. He says in verse 6, Blessed be the Lord, because He hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and my song will I praise Him. The Lord is their strength, and He is the saving strength of His anointed. He says in verse 9, Save thy people, and bless thy inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up from ever, or forever. You know, I read through Psalm 28 today, and nothing just really stood out to me. 
Now, sometimes you'll read God's Word, and God will smack you right across the face with truth. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes you'll just, you don't need to be, you don't need to be smacked, you just need to be embraced. And He'll bring a truth of, you know, loving, comfort, direction, whatever it is that you're needed. A lot of times He just gives you exactly what you need. You know, today I read through Psalm 28 and nothing like that happened. There's no light that's shown down on the paper or, you know, nothing spectacular. But you know, by reading God's Word today, I was exposed to truth. Now, here's the truth that I want to show you. Verse 6. Verse 6 says this, Blessed be the Lord, because He has heard the voice of my supplication. Talking about prayer. He says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise Him. You know, if at any time in the next week, if any time, the devil begins trying to mess with my head. You know, that's where he really messes with you the most. It's right in here. Right between your ears. He'll plant those thoughts of doubt. God doesn't hear your prayers. God's not listening to you. Who are you to ask God for anything? You're being selfish. God doesn't care about your problem. God doesn't answer your prayers. God is not going to help you. Anybody have those thoughts from time to time? But you know, the moment that thought comes in, here's what I can do. I can look back to those verses... You know what verse 6 says to me? The devil says, the Lord didn't hear your prayer. doesn't care. It's not listening. Verse 6 says, the Lord has heard my supplication. Right. Amen. The devil says, God's not going to help you. Verse 7 says, he came to my rescue. That's a paraphrase. He says, he's my help. He listened. He came to the rescue. He came to help me. And that's where when Satan tries to attack you, when he's spinning out these lies, he's trying to make you feel bad about yourself or bad about your situation or hopeless and helpless and all these other things. That's where knowing truth, you're able not just to fight back, but to stand. He's trying to push you back. He's trying to knock you down with these lies. And you're able to do what? This verse doesn't say fight. These verses say you're able to stand and you're able to stand with the belt of truth and say, I know you're telling a lie, devil. Because God tells me that he hears my prayers. That he's a help, a present help in time of need. Now, if you're not daily going to the source of truth, to find those truths, then guess what? When Satan starts messing with your head, you don't have anything to stand with. But when you have the truth, you're able to stand against those attacks. And that's really what putting on the armor of God is. We're not saying that every day you've got to, you know, I've even, I I know I'm crazy, guys, and y'all know that. 
and I have a wild imagination. And there have been times where I wondered, you know, am I supposed to get up and like symbolically put on truth? And, you know, I was like, what, how do you put on the armor of God? Really, how do you do that? But I understand now, it's not necessarily just something that you put on. But it's, it's something that you keep with you. And this is what Paul is saying here, that at all times... You put this on, you keep it on at all times. Keep truth with you. Stay in the truth. Keep immersing yourself in the truth. Keep repeating to yourself the truth. And you're not going to find the truth anywhere else except for the Word of God. Now we talked about the truth for a second. Let's talk about the belt for a moment. Now, the belt for a Roman soldier was much more than a decorative piece for their uniform. It was, you know, it was more than just to make them look fashionable or whatever. The belt for them was very much like the belt for our police officers today. Now, let me ask you this. You look at a police officer's uniform, and aside from their shield up here, where is everything else kept? Right around their belt, right? And it's really a tool. They've, they've got their, their weapon on their belt. They've got all these other utensils or tools right around their belt. And so the belt for an officer or for a, a soldier back then uh, was much like the belts for our officers today. It was an important tool. And if a police officer loses his belt, he's in trouble, isn't he? If he's attacked without that, because that's where his gear is, if he's attacked without that, he's in big trouble. Well, the same was true for a Roman soldier as well. It often held their weapons and their gear. And because they wore tunics, remember, they they didn't wear pants like we did. They all wore tunics. The belt also served as a way for them to stabilize their other clothes and armor uh, all together. So the belt just kind of helped tidy everything, just pull everything together and keep it stabilized. Now... I believe that there is a reason why truth is mentioned first. Now we're using the symbolism of this Roman uh, armor, but I believe that he uses the belt of truth and he mentions truth first because truth helps to stabilize and hold together every other piece of God's armor that we're going to talk about. You see, without truth, if truth is absent then we're going to have a hard time walking in righteousness. We're going to have a hard time uh, you know, knowing it and walking in the gospel of peace. And of course, without truth, the truth of God's word, we're going to have a very hard time using the sword of the spirit or taking up the shield of faith. Truth is what helps to bring all of those things to stabilize every single one of those things Together, And that's what he means when he says to put on the belt of truth. So in order to stand against the wiles or the methods of the devil, we are told first to put on truth. And so let's go to the last thing here, and that is wearing the belt of truth. We talked about truth, we talked about what the belt is, now let's talk about wearing it. You see, because Satan is a liar and the father of them, one of his most common weapons against us is deception. He spews his propaganda anywhere and everywhere that he can. He's going to stir up fear, anger, sadness, worry, any and every emotion that he can exploit to keep you distracted. He's going to do that. And I, I want to tell you, be very, very cautious of giving in to your emotions. Amen. 
Be very cautious of your feelings because they will deceive you. Be cautious of your heart. This is not a Disney movie. Do not let your conscience be your guide. All right? This This is a Star Wars. Don't trust your feelings. This is real life. And the only thing we have to trust is God and His truth. Your feelings will deceive you. Your mind will deceive you. Your thoughts will deceive you. Your emotions, what you feel. all the, We're being told all the time to follow those things. Give in to those things. Follow those things. The Bible says, don't. The heart of man is an unruly evil. It's full of wickedness. Don't trust your heart. Trust God. Amen. Trust His Word. Trust what He has to say. Because Satan knows that your emotions are weak and he knows that you will follow them and he will use them against you. Right. He'll lie to you about God. He'll lie to you about your family. He'll lie to you about your job, your situation. Anything that he can to rattle you. He'll start making you paranoid about everything. Everybody's against me. Everybody, This person's mad or they don't like me and things like that. I can't tell you how many times that... Uh, you know, I think that somebody's mad at me. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Think somebody's mad at you. You know, and, and you know, you walk in and and maybe they don't look at you or they don't talk to you or they're very short with you, things like that. That drives me crazy. I'll go I'll, the rest of the day, I'll be worried about that. You can ask Nick, I won't sleep that night. I will be up, I will toss and turn until I can go talk to that person and ask them. You know, nine times out of ten. When I go and talk to them, you know what they say when I say, are you mad at me? Have I done anything to offend you? You know what they say to me? This is what they should say. You know, you're not the center of the universe. (laughs) And sometimes I do have problems that don't revolve around you. But in essence, that's kind of what they tell. No, you know, this is going on or that's going on. But where, where did that come from? Why would I spend all that time turmoiling and distracted and thinking about this when I, you know, who knows what God may have been wanting to lead me to or how God may have been wanting to direct my thoughts. But I gave in to that feeling. My feeling said so-and-so is angry with me. My feeling said there's a problem or there's something, that, you know, and it's just chaos, and darkness and all of Satan that was at the very root of that. See, the truth was not there. It was deception. It was a lie. And when you give in to those lies, Satan, he can do some real stuff with you. And so we have to go, we always have to ask the question, what is the truth about this situation? You're all up in your feelings. You, you think this is right. You think this is what's going on. But ask yourself, what is the truth about this? What does God's word have to say about this? What does God think about this? Somebody came to me not too long ago with a very important decision, a, a, a very, very life-altering, changing decision. And of course, their emotions are all stirred up. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to think. They don't know where to go. You know, and I said, I really wish that I could answer that for you. But what's more important than than what you think or what you feel or what your logic says, the most important thing for you to find out is what God thinks about this. And once you know what He thinks about this, then you you have a road to walk on. 
But otherwise, it's just it's a slippery slope any way that you go. And Satan is a master at deception. And so if there is any chance in us standing against the wiles of the devil, and in this case his wile is deception, his method is deceiving you and lying to you, if there is any hope in us being able to stand against that attack, we've got to stand with truth. You know, the things that Satan seems to use the most against us are either our own pride or our own insecurities. He's either going to try to make you more than you are or make you out to feel less than you are. And you've got to ask yourself the question, what does God think about that? What is the truth? Am I really that important? Am I really that big? Am I really that good? Am I really that bad? Am I really that wicked and that evil? Am I really that detestable in God's eyes? That's where Satan will try to take you. The truth is, is that yes, you are. But God loves you anyway. God cares for you. His grace is sufficient for you. If Satan is planning to attack or distract us with lies, then we must put on the belt of truth. And you see, when I'm wearing the belt of truth, that means that my life is characterized by truth. It means that I believe the truth and I practice the truth. Now, those are those have to go together. Because you will not stand against the wiles of the devil. You will not stand against his lies. You will not stand against his attacks if you only believe the truth. And by the way, let me say this. If you don't practice the truth, you don't really believe the truth. But to stand against the wiles of the devil, you must, number one, believe the truth. And you must practice the truth. This also requires me to know the truth. I can't believe it. I can't practice it if I don't know it. Spend, listen, I can't emphasize it enough. I feel like a broken record sometimes. Spend time daily in God's word don't make it a, a don't make it a, a ritual do it because you need to spend you need to eat you need to spend time in God's word right. that's where the truth is found when I'm seeking and adjusting my life to the truth every single day that I'm able to recognize and stand against Satan's lies Remember, we're not commanded to engage battle. We're told to stand against his attacks. And when I wear the belt of truth, and no matter what lie Satan throws in my face, I'm able to stand and resist because I know what the truth is. Always find out God's truth on the matter first before ever making a decision. Notice that the belt of truth is the first of these that must be worn at all times. This means that we are to be continually seeking and continually applying the truth of God's Word to our lives. Maybe Satan's been feeding you a lie for a while. And God has just registered in your spirit tonight that you've been believing a lie, you've been listening to a lie. Maybe you're ready to find out what God's Word has to say about that. 
You want to know what truth says about that so that you can wear that truth and you can stand in that truth. Maybe you just want to surrender that to God tonight. We're going to have a song of invitation. And this is, I believe, God, the Spirit inviting you to take what you've heard to put it into action. Maybe tonight you can say, I believe what you said, Pastor. I believe what God's Word said tonight. You see, it's not just believing it. It's practicing it. Putting it to use. Doing what you know is right. Maybe tonight you're willing to say, I believe it. But you're also willing to surrender to that truth as well. Following whatever it is that God's leading you to do. I hope that you will tonight. All right, I just want to say as we uh, dismiss tonight, in relation to you know what we've spoken about today, um, if you're not in God's Word on a daily basis, I'm not going to tell you shame on you. I'm not going to slap your hand or tell you you need to do better. Because that's really, to me, not even what that's about. But I'm going to tell you, if you're tired of being kicked around, You're tired of losing, tired of defeat, tired of being knocked down every time you turn around. What I'm telling you is get in the Word of God. And don't be looking for some great revelation. Don't be looking for some for God to to speak from heaven. He's spoken in his word. But what I am telling you is this look for truth. And register that truth in your heart. Amen. Because that's what's going to help you. Without that, I'm telling you, the rest of this stuff is important. But without that, it's not, it's, it's going to, you'll always be tossed around. You put on the whole armor of God. It starts with that. This week, please get into the Word of God. And I want to offer, this is really the purpose for me saying this tonight. If you feel like you're being jerked around by Satan... He's been telling you some lies or spitting some lies at you. I'm going to offer, if you need help finding in God's Word what God has to say about a certain matter, and you're wanting to find that truth so that you can stand in it, I'm offering my help to you. Contact me this week. Contact me, and I'll help you in any way that I can to find in God's Word uh, the answer that you're looking for. And and I, I can't always tell you what the answer is, but I can at least try to lead you to the part of God's Word that will. And uh, I just want to offer that to you this week. Any way that I can help you, uh, just let me know. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to be praying for each one of us. And you pray for me. Satan, Satan slips a lie in every once in a while. In all of our lives, we've got to stand in truth. So thank you for your time and attention tonight. Let's pray for one another. Pray for me as I continue to study and, and uh, uh, work on these messages. I, I hope that God will use this um, you know, to, to help secure in our hearts and, and direct us and how to stand in the whole armor of God.